welcome to war memories. <laughs> we got a rough show tonight. Those levels look pretty good to me, Adam. All right, I like those levels. Levels. This is a 1970s show about a demon-possessed radio station. <laughs> <laughs> Channel it's gonna be crazy. Network DVL. Don't touch that dial. Thursday nights at midnight. <laughs> well, what a time slot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not. That's, nobody's watching. I think that's when Squidbillies comes nobody's on. Nobody's watching. Hey kids, it's me, Foxy the Fox Network Fox, telling you to stay tuned. Instead of flipping to the other three and a half channels, stay on Fox, because it's you get it's a it's a great new thing we're doing. You're gonna have to wake, rattle, and roll to see it, but it'll be every Saturday morning Bing. on Fox. <laughs> I thought their mascot was Kelly Bundy. Hey guys, it's it's 1990, and it's Saturday morning. Good morning. <laughs> Have we done that bit before? No, I don't Act really like know. it's morning. <laughs> oh man, I'm so. <laughs> I was up late watching Morton Downey Jr. <laughs> Boy, what a jerk! <laughs> hey guys, it's weird. Well, I, let's introduce ourselves. Hey guys, I'm Adam Fair. Yeah, and I'm Dusty. And you know, Adam, I've had a lot of my mind lately. Oh man, I've been feeling like you've been wanting to bring something up. Yeah. On the podcast. <laughs> I hope this do, isn't too serious. It has to do with Fox's involvement. And, oh, uh, yeah? You know, just the idea of even having the audacity to try and add another channel into the Saturday mm, morning bolt. mix had to have been a challenge. It must have been. It must have been hard. Uh, podcasts are really easy, though, so let's do that. Yeah, that's why I'm doing this uh, one. Here on every Saturday morning, we, we lightly roast some of our favorites. <laughs> <laughs> We're not that bad. Uh, Were they nuts? Uh, so, holy crap. It's 1990, and I, I went to flip, uh, you know, past Fox, because there's nothing going to be on, and something's on. This is the first Fox Kids Saturday morning, the debut of Fox Kids being in the Saturday morning game. This is the one and only time we're going to look at the debut year of Fox Kids. Ooh, man. Whoa. And uh, so, so you remember when it went from four channels to five channels, right? Yeah, That yeah. weren't UHF exclusive channels. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Fox already, I guess, you know, Married with Children's on there. Werewolf by Night. Um, or, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Manimal. Uh, well, actually, the, the top Fox series in 1990 are Get a Life, one of my favorites. True oh. Colors, not one of my favorites. In Living Color, one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Good Grief, Top of the Heap. America's Most Wanted. Totally Hidden Video. I don't know what it was about. Oh, wow. Haywire, which was kind of like almost live. Cops and The Simpsons is on at this point. So I guess Fox is like, hey, we're in the animation game. We could probably uh, take over Saturday morning pretty easily. What with this kind of iffy fare they've been plugging along with so far. <laughs> Two of them are still going. <laughs> well, so do you remember what was on what was on Fox Saturdays and, and what was Fox's cartoon input before they were doing Saturday mornings? They 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 hosted the Disney afternoon initially. Fox did. So if you came home from school, you would catch DuckTales. Uh, 
Goof Troop, D- Darkwing Duck, mm-hmm. all those shows. Um, Prior to that, it had to have been like Channel 36. It's 35 where I grew up. <laughs> oh, yeah, because they had the Magical World of Disney before that. Oh, yeah, they had like on, on NBC, they would air like Walt Disney oh, yeah. uh, stuff until they bought ABC, and then they kind of showed up on ABC, but they still kept the... So I guess they were syndicated, but Fox was airing them. Anyway... When Fox decided it wanted to get into Saturday morning cartoon production of its own generated content, Disney was a little not thrilled because that was direct competition with what they were trying to get you know done. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't uh, get the FCC, FCC to care about it. So. <laughs> and they're like, Fox who? <laughs> they're like, we got our own pay channel in 1990. Disney's going to be great. Call us when you're Fox adults. We'll, we'll call you when we own you is what they should have said. <laughs> yeah. So I remember... I was so glued to Saturday morning cartoons that when Fox got into it, I was super jazzed. Because uh, right away, their cartoons didn't look like the other channels' cartoons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well... <laughs> well, in good and bad ways. I mean, yeah, because... And they would come right out of the box with some hits, too. You know, like, there's a couple of these that they they look good. and they had legs on them, yeah. Yeah, we're going to see them for years. We're, actually, there's, there's, <coughs> there's at least two on this on this list. There's one on this list that ran for like eight years, and then there's another one that they kept running for eight more years. So um. I feel like um, Fox Fox Kids' first foray uh, is pretty non-condescending. Well, maybe we'll decide. We'll, let's look at the first show. Eight yeah, o'clock. Yeah, we don't want to spoil the whole thing. <laughs> eight o'clock. It's Tom and Jerry Kids. The Tom and Jerry Kids new show. Well, right away the theme song lies if you've seen this before. Uh, this is season one of four. This is Hanna-Barbera's third stab at the famously ferocious feline and mouse combo. This time in kitty form, except Spike and Tyke, who are the same age some for some reason. Or it's their parents. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Spike, it's iffy. But, um, <laughs> so this is like, uh, you know. So I, what's the conceit? So we've seen a lot of Tom and Jerry's at yeah. this point. So where would you put this in the Tom and Jerry uh, <laughs> lineup of, like, good to bad? I tell you, Adam, I wrote this right after I watched an episode last week. Mm-hmm. I've got written here second worst. <laughs> second worst? <laughs> yeah, because it's just... Worse than the Filmation one where they're friends? And <laughs> uh, the, uh, what is it, the uh, 80s one, the late 80s one? Or, yeah. Uh, where it's, uh had the terrible sound effects, the bad animation. That's the worst one, I think. And then there's this one. <laughs> And then coming in hard. Then the seventies ones with the <laughs> just because I don't want to wrap this up too nicely, but this version is a freaking calamity. You think? Yeah, it's, it's like you threw a, a pack of black cats into a tackle box. Or you know, it's just like blah, blah, blah. it's like in your face. Yeah, that's true. There is no soft intro into any of these cartoons. But where um, do you put them, Adam? I want to know. Square in the middle, I think. <laughs> oh, really? Like, uh, on the good side, I'd, I'd say, revisiting it, I wasn't as d- initially disgusted, because <laughs> I was, like, stupid, like, thinking about it, but I was like, okay, I'm gonna be open to it this time. Uh, so, in this version of the show, they're no longer friends, the last <laughs> show didn't count. The flashback series puts the younger animals in slightly kid-friendlier situations than the original shorts, but I don't know if it ever takes full ad- advantage of it, because sometimes they just have jobs and <laughs> mortgages, and they report to people, they're security guards... Yeah, and it's that's an adult you know, thing. Uh, I was reading actually. Uh, they were saying that a lot of people think this one's closer to, I guess, the original version. 
you know. Or yeah, they are. They are just nothing but angry at each other. Yeah, but they also said this one was a lot more tame when it came to like violence right. and stuff like that. Yeah, it's interesting. They're like, well, now that they're small, they can't hurt each other as bad. But they're also babies getting hurt. <laughs> so why did kitten get yeah. tortured? But look, the other interesting thing here is how they kidified Tom and Jerry. Uh, so Jerry has his trademark bow tie on, which he sometimes wears. But Tom is given a, re- a red baseball hat. And what do we know about that now? Closet racist. So I'm surprised. But for real, though, I'm surprised. <laughs> In that face. Come on. You know what's up. I, but I'm also surprised that Tom's hat is not on backwards like uh, Poochie. <laughs> so it could have been way worse. Well, I can't dispute any of that. Um, <laughs> you know, just to, just to give you a bird's eye on the animation, it, I've seen worse. You know, it's pretty fluid. Yeah, the animation's really fluid. Um, I don't know. If, is this the right place for fluid animation? <laughs> is that what we're looking for in Tom and Jerry? Or do we want impacts? Yeah, well, there's plenty of those. But. Oh, well, um, so the voices on here is Charles Adler, Dick Gautier, Patrick Zimmerman, uh, who is the, uh, who is Revolver Ocelot from the Metal Gear Solid series. Whoa. Don Messick and Frank Welker, for once, right. on uh, on one of these shows. Um, so uh, I, want, I tried to pick out an episode that I figured would be real kid. Like, okay, that make like, kid-filled with kid bric-a-brac so i watch toys will be toys because mm. it's like boys will be boys i guess they're excusing the behavior of toys in that sentence mm-hmm. uh in a toy shop little angry tom <laughs> can't sleep with all the snoring he lets the, the so he lets the plug out of jerry's hot water bottle bed and uses a toy crane to drop him in the trash piece of shit <laughs> tom sticks jerry onto a yo-yo with bubblegum torturing the rodent but he grabs a boxing glove and gets uh, Tom punched in the face. Why are you hitting yourself? That's kind of a kid thing. Okay. Okay. Uh, the two fight with sports equipment and a fire hose. Okay. They end up <laughs> racing each other on a skateboard and escape. Okay, check. Uh, Tom uses a pogo stick on a trampoline, getting hurt, but catches Jerry, tying him to a toy uh, railroad track, kind of like Gremlins too. <laughs> uh, but Jerry uses the power of convoluted chain reactions to crash... <laughs> the cat uh tom uh nets jerry from a toy helicopter and sticks him into a model rocket which jerry just walks out of and ties tom to jerry orders pizza and when tom comes crashing back down the two happily scarf the delicious bread and cheese now content with each other because they have pizza you know just like you and me kids yeah everybody loves pizza so so they're like siblings, I guess. They're they're fighting very sibling like in this scenario. God, Adam, let me ask you a question. They should have had like the same parent, like nanny, and it's never explained. <laughs> Tom. Uh, so I, I was when I was reading about this on Wikipedia after I'd watched it, it was like they're shown in their younger form, and it said Tom kitten. Okay. And then it said Jerry mouse. <laughs> Not a mouseling. Are they unnamed on this show? Are they, do they say Tom? Do they say Jerry? I don't know. I don't know if that ever happens. I'm sure somebody's like, Tom! Yeah, are they unnamed? Did yet? you sleep with my wife, Tom? <laughs> You're just a kid! Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, Adam, uh, just for, like, uh, clarity's sake, this show went through two different names. It was Tom and Jerry Kids, and it was the Tom and Jerry Kids show. Oh, that's why. Huge difference. I just thought it was too separate. But, you know, uh, eventually they kept... This made its way to Boomerang in 2006. 
Um, well, so it's still floating about. Yep, exactly. Um, I can see the. I, I can see them. This feels like an, uh, the second tier of Tom and Jerry begins with this, because uh, it went downhill over those those bad seventies and eighties yep. uh, mm-hmm. shows. But this seems to be where Tom and Jerry we reassess and reassemble from the ground up again, starting here. Yeah, I don't know what making them kids accomplishes. But if uh, they wanted to make a better, more 90s take on a juvenile, then uh, Tom and Jerry would have seen Tom go into anger therapy due to his parents' divorce (laughs) and Jerry realizing he wears those ties because he's uh, in the closet. (laughs) In the the mouse hole by the closet. All that could have happened off camera. That would have explained so much. Hey, Adam, uh, did you know, just like chronology-wise... Uh, Tom and Jerry Kid Show was the last uh, Tom and Jerry, and I think maybe even the last thing that Hanna Barbera did for Saturday mornings before oh, they wow. before they went uh, Cartoon Network. Yep, or, exactly. And, yeah, Turner Eyes. So, so this is one of the last things. That That's you, interesting. So they came full circle. Tom and Jerry to Tom and Jerry younger. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe yeah. if we animate them younger, we'll get younger, Bill. You can look right here and just see right off the bat what Fox was trying to do. You know, like, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Tom and Jerry kids is, is interesting. Maybe they were told, like, you can bring Tom and Jerry back if they have some sort of 90s spin. And they're like, uh, they're like two years younger. Because <laughs> they're animals. Yeah. Big difference. Am I wrong? Am I being too harsh for putting a second to the bottom? Uh... I don't know. Think about how bad those bad Tom and Jerry's are. And like I say every time we mention Tom and Jerry, just because a friend of mine gave me a a take on it uh that there's a lot of people in their hands in the tom and jerry pie uh it's huge in other countries because oh, yeah. you know it's like they're it's like animated mr bean anybody can kind of pick up on it and know what's happening yeah like so don't be surprised if tom and jerry's a little weird because people in germany want it that way <laughs> tough shit <laughs> they love david hasselhoff and <laughs> makes sense to them what's your problem <laughs> Sorry, folks. I mean, I'm so combative. This is Hanna Barbera getting it back, right? This, well, you know. What did you think about the second cartoon on Tom and Jerry Kids, Droopy and Dripple? Yeah, uh, Droopy's back with his bastard son in various situations, usually against the Tex Avery Wolf, now formal, formally named uh, McWolf. Meh or fan? <laughs> It's it's, uh, it's a little bit even. It's more meh than Tom. And too Jerry. much, too soon, or not enough. I think they're climbing uphill a little more trying to redo Droopy. You know, there's, yeah. there's a lot more to a Droopy cartoon than there is to a Tom and Jerry cartoon. Don't you think, Adam? Well, yeah, there's a lot of factors because usually it's who is Droopy fighting. In this case, it's always going to be the wolf. So you're going to get a standard response from him every time. Mm-hmm. I remember sometimes it was Droopy versus like a wolf, but sometimes versus like that Irish dog. Yep. Um, Why'd you hit me with that shillelagh? <laughs> exactly. You know, so there's Dro- like two other things he did. Uh, I mean, you know, Adam uh, <laughs> Droopy is like a totally vocal-driven uh, cartoon, almost. Yeah, but he doesn't talk that much. Oh, I keep it sparse. <laughs> you know what? You know what? There's true. There's two Droopy voices, really. There's the early Droopy. He's a little more raspy, and then the later one. <laughs> like you know what? <laughs> I have a problem. Ph- phone this in. <laughs> So I watched the episode Yo Ho Ho Bub, written by Sandy Fries, which I think that's a great name. The Pirate of the Year contest is down to Paisley Beard McWolf and Captain Droopy and First Mate Dripple. <laughs> Who could have seen this coming? The first to find the booty wins another nice booty, Miss Vavoom, 
who's uh looks like red from the old Tex Avery cartoon. Oh wow, so they're doing that on this? Okay. She's allowed to exist here. Um she gives Droopy a good luck kiss and Droopy has to excuse himself to his ship. He goes inside and all the cannons blast and it floats up into the air and the <laughs> crow's nest <laughs> spins to the top and back. I'm masturbating. You know what, folks? I've been at sea for a long time. Uh, McWolf and his wolves follow Droopy and his Droopy dog crew, uh, blasting their ship to pieces. Kaboom! The, dr- the dogs surf to shore and use their treasure map to find the goods. After unearthing the gold with construction equipment, McWolf seizes the goods and boards Droopy and crew into a cave, but they show up on the ship anyways, because that's kind of Droopy's deal. After mistakenly <laughs> making his own crew walk the plank... He's like Jason <laughs> Voorhees. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> They were off making love. Uh, in a demonstration, McWolf uh, walks it himself and ends up fleeing a hungry shark. <laughs> Droopy wins his kiss and Dripple exclaims, That's my swashbuckling papa. That's pretty much what he sounds like. Because no one demanded it. So, th- well, eh, fair enough. But, um, I don't know. This kind of goes through the motions a little better than Tom and Jerry did. Well, they're not kids. <laughs> That's true. I don't know why he needed a kid. They decided to go the scrappy route. Maybe they couldn't decide. They're like, put them both in. This was the experimental year, Adam. So Droopy know. is his own grandpa. Put that in the show. Hey, uh, Adam, didn't they have another uh, Nama? Or um, uh, they had Droopy and Dripple and. Is there a third? Yeah, there's like Spike and Tyke. Spike mentioned? and Tyke. That's it. Spike and Tyke. Yeah. I guess they get their own solo cartoons. Yeah, yeah. At some point. So uh, I saw that listed on there, and um, you How know, great are they, folks? Just to, Adam. By the way, just to round this out, uh, because I don't think I actually mentioned I, the one I checked out first was episode eleven, which was called Terminate. Whoa! And uh, it was like, first of all, that's a play on Terminator, which I think is very time. <laughs> What's the opposite of timeless? <laughs> right. Not and, evergreen. Yeah, that was ever it. red. Yeah, so the, I just wanted to point that out as another example of 90s-ism, 90ing. Yeah, Tom and Jerry Kids feels like 1990 as hell. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I think this might have been a... Out of all these. I think this might have been a trendsetter for what would what, <coughs> what would be to come from Fox, you know? <laughs> so, it's interesting. It doesn't quite know what it is, though. I think that's why... But it did. It still stuck around a little bit. Yeah, it does feel like a Fox cartoon. Where it's like, well, you did something there, eh? <laughs> Yeah, much more than that age. We'll come back a couple more times and talk about that. Huh, so, I don't any, know. Any final thoughts on Tom and Jerry Kids? Yeah, you know, maybe I'll come back next time and it'll be higher. On my list. <laughs> yeah, you gotta see another bad Tom and Jerry before you get to the fairly mediocre Tom and Jerry. We might go to 1970 next. They so. didn't sing. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, speaking of singing animals, at 8.30... Everybody's favorite show. I don't even have to tell you the name because you've probably seen it a million times. Everyone. Zazoo You. 13 episodes. Hello. Uh, 20th Century Fox Film Roman. It's Animal School. That's it. Yeah. It's Animal School. Adam, you know what? Can't you hear me? You know what's sadder than 13 episodes? Is that only 10 of them actually air. Yeah. There were four Zazu used. So they keep, burned the other episodes of her heat. <laughs> this is kind of like Arthur. If uh, oh man, or, you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's the, all. This is a this is a work. Kind of like Arthur. <laughs> what do they call? What do comedians say? This is a workshop for Arthur. 
one day. Yeah, this does feel like the first shitty version of Arthur before they're like, oh, well, you know what? We did yeah. out these guys. What if, How what about if, that? Is that a show? Maybe his hat's an umbrella. Or, I don't maybe, know, maybe we make them animals you can tell what they are. Can we add suspenders? Uh, did you have... First of all, did you have that problem watching Zazu Yu? What animal am I looking at? Yeah, yeah. They're a mishmash of not only animals, they're a mishmash of clothes, they're a mishmash of colors. And you know me, Adam. You know I love a color-coded cartoon. Yeah, this was problematic. Yeah. I couldn't find any... I couldn't hold on to anything design-wise in this one. It was just too funky for its own good. Mm-hmm. Did you happen to watch uh, The Meaning of Life? <laughs> Why... I did. That was one of the two available. (laughs) How did you know that was the one to watch? Well, let's go through this cast because this is the only time they're going to shine. Voiceover of Michael uh, Horton, who was boink. Uh, but most people know him as Jessica Fletcher's nephew, Grady, on Murder, She Wrote. Um, <laughs> most people. He was, he was also Chip Chase on Transformers. Oh, that's uh, he's uh, hung out with Sunstreaker, the, right ye- the yellow Lamborghini. Uh, so Jerry Hauser played Grizzy. He was also Wally Logan from the Brady Bunch universe. <laughs> I love how I put that. You know, that the Brady Bunch universe. Uh, uh, Brian Cummings played Bully. Uh, but you might know him as Doofus from the 80s DuckTales and Mr. Hollywood from Two Stupid Dogs. It's wrong! Neil Ross was Logan Chomper, but you might know him as Rotten Roland from Galaxy High. <laughs> I can hear you. But Dusty would know him as Bone Crusher, Hook, Spring, Slag, Six Shot, and Point Blank. The Constructicons? <laughs> That's awesome, Adam. You always pull one of those out. Yeah. The, what is he, all of them? There's like some of the most famous... Uh, they're sitting over there next to you right there. Oh, my God. Ah! Uh, that's right. Uh, Susan Silo played <laughs> Susan Silo played Tess, but everyone knows her as Mrs. Regina Rich from Richie Rich. But I really know her as Sue the Ghost Monster with the weird lady voice. <laughs> Pac-Man. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, S. Scott Bullock. <laughs> exactly. S. Scott Bullock <laughs> played Slogo Bonito. But you might know him as Lamont from Gargoyles. He played Bogito. That I oh don't know. That's a different. That's a different show. But I did think of that kind of watching this, mm. but it was better. Stu Rosen played Doctor Russell, uh, and also appeared on Dusty's Treehouse. What is she doing in her treehouse, Dusty? <laughs> Never heard of it. Um, <laughs> Danny Mann plays Rarf, but you know him as Hector from Heathcliff. Oh, Hector. Wait, what, what do we sign? He's a, he's a less nasal Heathcliff. <laughs> oh, what if I were to usurp the power of this gang? Well done. But he was also <laughs> Lightspeed from Transformers. I wear a necktie on my head. <laughs> Is that what happened to that cat? <laughs> uh, Dorian Hare Woodbuck uh, played Buck. And uh, also a Moto from Biker Mice from Mars, Michael Jordan on Pro Stars, and Pineapple Pocopo on t- the Tick. He played Michael insane. Jordan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Crazy. What, what happened? Yeah. Uh, also, Tress McNeil and Lee Thomas were on this show. But hey, why wasn't this show on PBS? That's my next note. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong station, stupid. Yeah, Adam. Uh, did you notice they mentioned uh, they mentioned Kierkegaard? Oh, they sure do. What the what? Well, right off the bat, the theme song is, it's 1990. We're going to be on the Fox Network. <laughs> Think outside the bag. What, are, what are the kids in 1990 want to hear? A bunch of jazz followed up with an Elvis impression. <laughs> it's 1990. Well, you don't <laughs> even know who I am. Skeet, scat, and blue bap. Why is <laughs> this? What? Yeah. A little late. 
There is a lot of freaking jazz synth in this, man. Yeah, so this episode's about the meaning of life, and it starts, I guess every episode has these two birds come in scatting about today's topic. Scat, but dude, what? I got head lice, and now we're going to talk about the meaning of life. <laughs> Kierkegaard. Yeah, okay, so a cat girl thing argues about gym class with an anteater type thing, but not Arthur, yeah. who says it increases blood flow. And sounds like Jack Nicholson. In Jim, a pig sweats while a poodle coach shows us how to stretch. Like a snob. A walrus doctor uses Kierkegaard to explain how you must live life looking backward while stepping forward. Is that right? <laughs> I felt like, I don't know. Looking backward. Okay. okay. Uh, I was like, don't look back. I don't know. I could already tell, like, oh, I see. This this is, like, made in the 70s. Like, And then it was proven when an elephant started talking like Richard Nixon. Oh, yeah. You know I got that listed, Adam. Uh, <laughs> the elephant sounds like Richard Nixon? Why? <laughs> Kids. It's 1990. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nixon says, because he's a Republican, I get it, says music is the key. And then a pig describes his Viking ancestry searching for the meaning of life. What is going on? This show's out of control. Cat Thing orders the meaning of life at a rest a fast food restaurant and is put onto a ride with the explanation that life is like a ride on the tunnel of love. Okay, sometimes it's dark and scary, but sometimes it's happy and sweet. Have a nice ride. Skit scout smoke Adam, I want to steal a line from you and say, who is this for? <laughs> <laughs> this for somebody it was like, man, I wish those 1980s Nickelodeon promos were 30 minutes. Yeah. That's yeah. got, that's got a Nickelodeon bop. You nailed it, man. Uh, they Doesn't were like, matter where you are. Fox was like, who does those promos? Matter off by far. I want them in front of me right now. <laughs> What if it went on way too long? Yeah. Never got to the point of its own title of an episode. <laughs> Life's a ride. Oh, man, that's sad. Mm -hmm. It's the worst ride. The ride doesn't work. You gotta walk part of it because it breaks down. And you don't it's learn. It's a bad it. ride. Hopefully the meaning of life isn't in the final three episodes. Sometimes your ride cart flips. It's a sad ride. Yeah. I don't know. This is either... Uh, Get out. This was replaced by Peter Pan and the Pirates. Yeah, and so. I wish we were. I wish we could talk about Peter Pan and the Pirates but instead of this stink burger. That's not how we do it. <laughs> I kind of like. I can tell what they were going for. Don't you feel like they were like this thing's gonna pop? It's gonna look like Ralph Baschke. Fucking, it does not. Nah, nah. It looks like square one. It looks like a crazy quilt. Uh, like you know, every too much white overuse of white. How about we paint something? <laughs> Have you ever seen such a flagrant use of I don't know, just blank space? And then the, and then the characters have no color pattern at all. It seems like I couldn't remember the characters, and they were in the same scene. I'd be like, is that still the? You can only tell by which bad impression they were doing. Yeah. Oh. Oh, these were so bad. Yeah. Why were they, these were? Mm. And you know, Adam. Also, like uh, I was noticing, uh, you know, after I watch these, I always look them up on IMDb and Wikipedia. There's yeah. like nothing on this. In Wikipedia. You know what? Like, I think because everybody who made it had been working in it. This was like a bunch of like retirees final project. Well. Like, these guys have been animating Johnny Quest for 30 years. Let's give them Zazu Yu to go out on. It's just a big coloring book. And if they don't finish, no one will watch it or know. 
if you're if you're listening if you're listening to this episode and you love Zazu, then comment below We're and go to their Wikipedia page and type something for God's sake. <laughs> you know, prove that, that not, don't aye, let it become aye, lost aye, media. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah, I can appreciate what this thing was doing, but why did Fox order this? Because they're like, what we need we need something from we need an ABC show, we need a CBS type show. An NBC type show and a PBS type show. Everybody's got to come to our network. Mm-hmm. But why wouldn't they put this on first? Because this feels like the show that you can kind of miss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What that are they talking good. about? The meaning of life. Ugh. There's the Fruit Loops. I'm going back to bed. This is bullshit. So is this a commercial? Mm. <laughs> is this for Fruit Stripe gum? <laughs> Fuck that. <clears throat> oh, I, I am not a fan. <laughs> Yeah, hard pass on that. Sorry. But hey, at 9 o'clock, something else comes on. Yeah. And somebody likes it. Bobby's World. Ever heard of it? It's Bobby's World. Season 1 of 7. The Fox and Film Roman show made with Howie Mandel. Yeah. Canada's Howie Mandel. So, Previous to this, Howie Mandel was like a quasi-successful comedian who put like a rubber glove over his head. Yeah. And and, on St. Elsewhere. That's right. St. Elsewhere. He was on and uh, Walk Like a Man. Where he's like the boy oh, raised right, by wolves. Right. Terrible, terrible movie. He pees on stuff. Little Monsters. Terrible movie. Mm-hmm. He pees on stuff in that movie. What is up with <laughs> that? And he's, we know he's a German germaphobe. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. Uh, uh, all the while, he's providing voices for uh, Skeeter, Animal, and Baby Bunsen on Muppet Babies. Mm-hmm. All pretty much the same voice. Yeah. Uh, as well as Gizmo in Gremlins. I'll be damned. Same voice as Bobby. Yeah. And at this point, he's starring on a Fox sitcom called Good Grief. Now, have you ever heard of that? No. He's He inherits a grave, a cemetery and like a graveyard, oh. but he plays golf on it because he's his free spirit. Uh, it's not, you know, it's not great. Uh, but it's weird, and I remember the opening more than anything. Dharma, get down off that table. <laughs> um, you Bobby's know, World, however, that's probably the thing, Howie Mandel, because nobody yeah. really remembers that he's Gizmo. Yeah, you know what's funny about that to me, Adam, is uh, he he talks about he says that he invented Bobby's voice when he was choking on a piece of cake. Yeah, I read that. So like, <laughs> I guess does that mean Bo- the Bobby's voice? Does that mean it predates uh, the Gizmo voice and predates uh, Skeeter? Uh, I mean, it's all the same. Vo- He'll. I've seen at least three interviews where he talks about how it's all the same voice. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he was. He was also doing Bobby as part of his act. Oh, like, you're right. right. Yeah. You know. So I don't even know. I, I'm curious now. What came first, Bobby or Skeeter, or something? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a loaded question. <laughs> Probably Bobby. I'm gonna guess. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry, Skeeter fans. Jeez. What'd you check out? I don't know. Um. Well, first of all, how about the theme song to Bobby's World? <laughs> that's a tight ahead of the curb theme song yeah uh it's simple and repetitive um, <laughs> yeah do you know who made it <laughs> john tesh <laughs> <laughs> who could ever guess john luke i thought we were both gonna say oh, right. that waiter from john Paris. Tesh. Luke. <laughs> yeah, this isn't entertainment tonight yeah so and, this, know, this might be his biggest contribution to pop culture it's not that. It's there's not much to it. There's not much to it hey at man, all. And Howie Mandel both got to be like a Bobby's role. That really wrote all the checks, huh? <laughs> yeah, they're still writing the checks. You know, because uh, this show was on for eight bum, years, bum, right? Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, it was. Pro- this is probably one of the longer running 
Fox Kids shows. Got to be from the from the get go. So starring, there's a thousand people. Not really that many. No. Howie Mandel plays Bobby, but also a version of Howie Mandel that's just like a re- regular Joe. Well, uh, first of all, uh, I think we should mention that Bobby's last name is generic. <laughs> it's generic. Generic. <laughs> yeah. So uh, and also they so, correct everyone all the time. Yeah, yeah. And it takes a long time. His dad is essentially Howie Mandel with uh, with a cartoon mullet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right? that, that hair. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That is going to date the interesting choice. Hey, Adam. Uh, before we go any further, did you notice how terribly this is preserved? Oh, how like the episodes look kind of worn out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, why is that? I don't know because okay. I watched it. But I, I think we should mention this. It must be like a tape of a rerun of a rerun. Mm-hmm. And then they use that as Kajillion K- or whoever uses that as their main rerun for on-demand purposes. Oh yeah, oh good old Kajillion. Um, you know, well, there's a Kajillion things to do. Cookie jar. <laughs> God, I always like so to. Many. I like to let people know how easy these are to find. You know, Bobby's World's like I found it on YouTube, just hanging out. It's on Amazon Prime. It's on Prime uh, Streaming. I'm sure Howie Mandel's like, get the Bobby's World news out there. But that's my thing, is I watched it on Prime Streaming, and it still looked like hell. Yeah, I thought it looked pretty so, pretty rough. I, 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 didn't want, I, yeah. I didn't want to derail your synopsis. I just wanted to point out that this is... Somebody did not take care of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like... The design... Not to use the word funky again, but it's an interesting design. It doesn't look like any other Saturday morning show. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh, the colors are really interesting. There's definitely they're a little prime, but they're interesting. There's more realism to the actual, uh, you know, like dialogue use. I, I, I felt like the voice work was really good in this, mm-hmm. even when the dialogue was kind of what you just said nothing. Yeah. I, they still did it in an interesting way. And, uh, yeah, Polly Shore showed up at one point, <laughs> by the way. Of course, he has to. It's 1990. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Howie Mandel and Polly Shore. Uh, Gail <laughs> Mathias, uh, who was uh, played uh, mom, Martha, don't you know? That's, that's really the thing. Oh, that, yeah, that, right. That is uh, Evergreen is mom on the Bobby's world, I think. I agree. Is it, you think it's, it's based, a very catchphrase. You think it's based on Mandel's mom, I wonder? I don't know. Well, the voice is sort of... Uh, Gail Mathias was on the doomed 1980 Saturday Night Live season. The one you'll never really see because really? it was so wretched. Uh, and she had a character on there, which is this hairdresser who smoked named Rowena. And she talked like Bobby's mom. Uh, <laughs> this is the kind of real facts you can only get on every Saturday morning. Not fun. She was also Shirley the Loon on uh, Tiny Toon Adventures. Oh yeah, another kind of weird chick. Uh, that's Fox. Right? Uh, or that's WB. Eventually Fox, and then WB. It got a little taste of everybody. Uh, Charity James played Kelly Generic. Uh, Kevin Michaels played Derek. Susan Tolsky played Aunt Ruth. Derek Generic. <laughs> 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 I love that. Uh, and the inimitable Tino Insana was Uncle Ted. Uh, he was also Bushroot on Darkwing <laughs> Duck and Barf on the Spaceballs animated series. He's got a voice that you just cannot copy. He sounds like uh, John Candy and yet doesn't. <laughs> also, He's Frank Welker. As, a, as the dogs. <laughs> um. 
So Bobby's World is a show where a kid is uh, over-imaginative. See if you can wrap your head around this. He uses his imagination during everyday occurrences. He gets pretty silly. Oh, I see. It's, it's a real hot take. It's like it's like the the plot of twenty other cartoons. Um. So did you watch? <laughs> so we both watched a visit to Aunt Ruth's, right? Yeah, we did. Which I did not think was the first episode because in my mind I remember the first Bobby's World beginning with Bobby sitting on his bike. And then it fades out, and then it fades in on the, him on the bike in the opening credits, like we always see. But in my memory, I remember him start in being for the first episode only being in starting position for the credits. Huh? I'll be damned. It didn't happen here, lying brain. Nope. You lied to me, memory. Season one, one. <laughs> you know what I liked about this one, Adam? Uh, oh yes, the <laughs> they did a Godzilla parody in the first two minutes, and this was before it. Hadn't been done yeah. completely to death. Adam, by the way, man, I, I just <laughs> want to point out to you in case you didn't know. You probably noticed, but maybe you didn't, that they jacked, or maybe paid for, the real uh, Godzilla roar. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. They had the real thing. So, and, and like I said, I watched this on Prime, so. I bet they stole it. It must be kosher by now, huh? I bet um, they just took it. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I thought, too, but. You know, so Toho, by the time that letter got to them, they were like, uh, "What? Who's Bobby's world?" <laughs> <laughs> but I was at that point. I was watching it, just like, "Yes, yes, yes." Well, Bobby's having a nightmare about going to Aunt Ruth, so he's got a sticker in a Godzilla parody. Um, she is Godzilla. So he wakes up and catches his teddy bear leaving for the army in a random bit of Americana. This, Adam, this, this part is like a fever dream, didn't you think? Whoa. Yeah, is this like, was this originally intended for kids? It must have been. I assume, but like, you know, you know, in case you're, you haven't got it uh, coming up here, his teddy bear wants to go be a radar technician. Uh, that's right. Uh, I mean, it doesn't affect the plot at all. It's just the thing the bear says he's going to do yeah. at the beginning of the episode. And we'll, are, we'll come back to him at the end. Bobby's too. World is kind of like the movie Sucker Punch. But really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, Bobby won't sleep. So here we get a bunch of uh, imaginative tales that really have no bearing on the ending. <laughs> yeah. You know. So I'm following The you. first one, though, is his multicolored bear wants to be a radar technician. Who can blame him? What do you think? Because it's really Bobby who's thinking about this. So what about... It's, yeah, it's kind of some pink, pink elephant what? stuff, isn't it? We're, well, anyway... Doesn't it remind you of the dancing elephants in Dumbo a little bit? Remember, he's like his teddy bear is like marching over the hill, and uh, oh yeah, it was like the uh, <laughs> it was that plus a little bit of the old Yankee Doodle uh, imagery. Yeah. Uh, so the next morning, the family's dialogue plays over each other, just like yours and mine. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so, it, do you think this was improved? Because it's it feels like they're all really talking to each other. And it's it's interesting because it doesn't sound like your typical cartoon jibber jabber, but it also doesn't sound like written funny jokes. So you think like uh, Howie Mandel just got a bunch of these people around, they kind of riffed off each other. Yeah, but... there's a couple times where it's like they're kind of shitting out a conversation, but it's it's not great improv. <laughs> it's just sort of like, well, I will pass you that when I'm done with it. Okay then. All right then. Okay then. Good one. Even the, the cat loves it. Yeah, there's um, like there's like fifteen supporting characters. 
far exactly. away. Uh, Kelly tells Bobby not to pick his nose, so he fantasizes about picking out noses. Yeah, at a store. It's a real slapper. Uh, the family continues to blandly argue, while Bobby dreams of leaving his shitty, abusive <laughs> older brother on the side of the road to die. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. On their way to Aunt Ruth's dad gets the car lost, so Bobby helps by daydreaming he's Dino Boy. Uh, dad gets pulled over, and Bobby says his dad always says cops always give him shit because they're assholes, <laughs> <Yeah>. ostensibly. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Bobby, We're not making this up. Bobby dreams he's diehard and <laughs> saves the hostages. In real life, though, That's the cop lets them off <laughs> with a hand job. No, what? <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> lets them off as going to Aunt Ruth is punishment enough. Now, that makes about as much sense because uh, what is he? This is really happening. Yeah. He's like, oh, man, Aunt Ruth? Oh, man, everybody on this route knows Ruth. Yeah, how does this cop know her? She's at every rest stop. Rest stop, Ruth. (laughs) Get in line, kid. Uh, So anyway, at Ruth's, uh, we see the excited woman squeal and shove Bobby's enormous head betwixt her breasts. All three are huge, by the way. It's weird. Uh, then Uncle Ted arrives for noogies mm-hmm. and roughhousing. He's a frequent character. I love Uncle Ted. You really wish he was your Uncle Ted. Yeah. So that's a pretty strong character. Why do you think that is the voice? He just reminds me. Doesn't he kind of remind you of John Candy circa summer rental? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <coughs> you know, uh, Adam. Sigh. <laughs> did you wonder, uh, like, one of the things Bobby's dreading so much is getting pinched by his Aunt Ruth? Because she pinches him, you know? Oh, you mean you think somebody touched him inappropriately? <laughs> no, for... no. I was going to say, how, do you think Howie Mandel's uh, germophobia was like, <laughs> he, you know what He's I mean? funneling into Bobby. Oh, Only she... a crazy kid would think that, right, audience? <laughs> she just wants to pinch me. Germs, but... germs! He's yeah. almost Slimer if I try to do an impression. <laughs> I'm sick! Yeah, oh, man. They, uh, you know, somewhere in here, they also dropped a Dick Tracy reference. That's right. Which I don't know if they paid for. Uh, <laughs> hey, Adam, you want to hear something weird? Um, huh? The original title for this show was uh, The World According to Bobby. Oh, which well. Which is a play off The World According to Garp. Which is a For m- who? Yeah. World According to Garp is not something you want to base your cartoon on. Bobby Bite. It's the dark. neighbor kid's ear off. Yeah, yeah. With somebody, you know. I, I can't even. I don't even want to relate anything in the world of Garp to Bobby's world. But yeah, the parodies on this are really rando. Yeah, yeah. But like this episode ends with Bobby putting pantyhose on his huge head to steal cookies, but everybody thinks it's cute, and then it has a dragnet ending. Oh, okay. Dun, 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 dun. The city. Well, you know. But then know. this is where it gets even the real ending. Uh, back at home in bed, Bobby's teddy bear returns. And announces he's going to college now on the GI Bill. Think I'll study interior design. <laughs> what? What's the joke? <laughs> Is that the joke? Uh, what's the joke? <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's just, that uh, that was previously a joke in Mandel's act, right? This feels like a joke where they're like, you gotta whittle that down because it's just, you can't say that word on TV. (laughs) Mm -hmm. This feels like a weird compromise. I think I'll study interior design. It's almost like, oh, the appearance of an adult joke, but not really. There's something there. I'm telling you, yeah. 
this was something that this is a joke that Mandel's made before. You know what I mean? Like he stayed in Sheboygan and studied interior. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? If you know the, audi- the audience howls. <laughs> I don't know. You know, so I enjoyed revisiting this, but also was shocked at, at like how muddy and crappy, <laughs> yeah. crappy it looks. It uh, could, could do with a little restoration. Yeah, that's the whole thing. It doesn't look bad. Like you said earlier, it's got its own look. It looks fine. It lasted for eight <laughs> years. Somebody go restore it, for God's sake. Are the know. smears and stuff on it? Is that why I crave Burger King whenever I watch this show? It just makes me think of the Burger King Kids Club. <laughs> I'm like, man, I could go for some really tarred out fries. Yeah. This is the part where I'd I'd do Bobby's voice if I could. No, that's great that no one can do it, because that's a terrible thing to listen to. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But that carries the show. Like, I think the voice work on here is really what peps it. Type design. Um, Did you, have you, in your research, did you come across the Arsenio Hall show appearance? No. (laughs) It was that own, was that own Arsenio's show? So on the Arsenio Hall show... Bobby shows up with Roger, you know, two guys in costumes, and they and these dancers come out from Hooray for Everything, and they start dancing to techno while Arsenio Hall tries to commit suicide <laughs> by slitting his wrist, <laughs> tying a noose. Wow. This is the most surreal... What? What was the agreement? Like, you have to have Bobby on the show? And he's like, well, I'm going to kill myself while he does it. <laughs> then do it. That's weird. <laughs> Tim hmm. Allen, please get out of the audience. Uh, that's all my notes for Bobby's world right now. How about you? Yeah, I'll, that's all mine too. Sure is a show. That's man. a lot of damn notes. Like, you see how right? much I took up? Mm. Well, Bobby's world, I guess my final thought is uh, it's kind of like a Nicktoon, but it's also like one of those old Beverly Cleary books somehow. It's like Fudge Rats. Mm-hmm. I can dig it. It's, you know, uh, it's charming. Speaking of charming, 9.30, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Yeah. Season one of two. A 20th Century TV and Marvel production based on the first two of four monster spoof films. Now, have you seen those films? Yeah, I saw the first one. Yeah. You've only seen the first one? Yeah, what is the second one? I know the second one was the movie introduction. Or, like, it was George Clooney. uh... Clooney shows up in two. Two's a sexier... uh... Hot shots type of a movie. Like I, I kind of, I, I think Attack of the Killer Tomatoes two is the best of the four. The the final two are kind of not that great, and a little more based on this cartoon than the previous two, which this cartoon is based on. Uh, the second of which, uh, Gomez Adams appears in. Whoa. <laughs> uh, it's so this show, so why is there an attack of the killer tomatoes cartoon so it's rumored that after the success of the killer tomatoes appearance in the muppet baby episode the weirdo zone mm-hmm. new world pictures owner of marvel productions approached the creators to make a film sequel which then begat this even kiddier version which toned down all the sexiness and george clooniness of the actual film yeah it's pretty hot yeah lots of sexy things happening in killer tomatoes too Hmm. So this is a uh, Muppet Babies backdoor pilot, actually. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Because it doesn't really, I guess. It's weird that the Muppet Babies rekindled the interest in anything. Like, I mean, you know, like they're <laughs> well, great. Well, Star Wars. <laughs> you think they were had part? I mean, maybe. Who 
Okay. People don't just After run. Return of the Jedi, who talked about Star Wars first? Because after Return of the Jedi, America had had enough Star Wars. <laughs> but might, might I think uh, Muppet Babies was the first one. Sorry, Kevin Smith. <laughs> they beat you by a year, and they had clips. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. So quick summary. Uh, sentient tomatoes have been banned from the U- United States due to the evil Dr. Gangrene's various experiments. Uh, two failed escaped experiments, Tara, a hot chick tomato, and FT, a fuzzy tomato, uh, who disguises itself as Tara's dog, join up with local pizza delivery boy Chad Finletter and the veterans of the original Tomato War to stop the diabolically silly doctor and his yuppie henchmen from Malibu as he unleashes various to monsters. Got it? Okay. Star... (laughs) It's just tomatoes killing people. It's, yeah. It's just that. Somehow it ran two seasons. And the drama got heightened in season two, apparently. They're like, let's get serious. Oh, never mind. Canceled. Uh, <laughs> wow. So this starred John Aston, Gomez <laughs> Adams himself, Tom Bray, S. Scott Bullock, and, uh, returning Cam Clark, Chris Guzek, Maurice LaMarche. This is a great... Uh, Maurice LaMarche is all over here. He's the guy that goes, tomatoes, and everybody screams in each episode. Chuck McCann is on this. Rob Paulson, uh, Kath Susie, Neil Ross, and Susan Silo. Again, I'll play things on this show about stuff. So uh, I watched the first one, Give a Little Whistle, written by Richard Mueller. Uh, Is that the one you watched? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm a little fuzzy tomato on it, but... (laughs) <laughs> so tomatoes everywhere in clips from the great tomato war that is on the news that threw me and it sets up the plot of the show because <laughs> you know if you've only seen the first one right like whoa 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 <laughs> what did i miss an episode yeah obviously uh so the news guy s- sets it up uh the show and gets hit with a tomato uh meanwhile at wilbur's pizzeria wilbur fights off war trauma <laughs> so this character is constantly alluding to like you weren't there the tomatoes were everywhere funny we were beating each other on our own severed limbs uh, while chad reminds tara to avoid salt i think she already knows uh as it causes her to revert to tomato form and that's a big secret being a luscious ripe tomato can be hard for a girl something like that at uh, dr t's castle igor pretends to be a news anchor but ends up covered in tomatoes that's kind of the joke in a lot of these scenes covered with tomatoes gangrene's uh, discovered a uh, sound he can blast through a whistle that will make tomatoes attack more. Uh, Wilbur offers Chad some mayonnaise and red snapper tomato-free pizza, but only FT will try it. Wilbur starts losing it over eating the enemy and a hilarious stab at PTSD. Uh, while Chad's attacked by some little Russian tomatoes who steal a skateboard and head off to kidnap the news anchor from earlier, uh, Whitley White who fights them off, but is bagged by Igor, who becomes substitute anchorman. Igor's kind of funny. Um, he tells San Zucchini everything's normal. More food jokes. Uh, Dr. Gangrene eventually reveals his plan to blow his whistle over the crud airwaves and ca- uh, captures Chad and a tomato Tara. FT and Wilbur save the crew, and they all head for the radio station. FT snatches the whistle, and there's a Scooby-Doo hallway door chase Sweet. <laughs> the whistle gets replaced with a duck collar and the station's besieged with dancing ducks 
That's it. Uh, <laughs> and then there's a final interview spot where Dr. Gangrene explains as a teenager that he ate a lawnmower. And then he starts himself up and disappears. <laughs> what is this, Freakazoid? Yeah, exactly. They broke the show at the end. Wow. So what's your... What do you think? Uh, this is mm-hmm. this is madness. And is this is this like a hat on a hat situation where it's like too mu- too many goofy things are going on? Yeah, this is kind of too goofy. This is one of two huge misfires in this. You uh, think it's a misfire or just? Yeah, well, I mean, it it lasted <laughs> two seasons, which is it did something right. I guess there were twenty one episodes. <laughs> twenty one episodes total, though. You know. Well, let's start. What, that, what did you think right? of What did you think of the design of stuff? How was that fair enough, or was it kind of bad? It's fine. It looked a little passable. Looked like uh, the tick level of uh, okay art. You know what I'm saying? That we would see this again. I think it would eventually morph into the Men in Black style. Uh, what What are the, What is that group called? Oh, I can't remember. I don't know. This but, is a, uh, yeah. This is a, so if you were to take a movie property, bring them to TV in 1990, it's probably going to look like this is uh, who you're dealing with here. Um, Limited. It's not. Yeah. You know, it's not bad. It doesn't have a bad frame rate. The colors are nice, etc. Yeah. The color. Uh, the thing I'd say about the colors is they're not they're not um, taking any real chances. Gangrene is green and everything else is fairly standard cartoon fare. So no, no dynamic choices no 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 that's what i'm saying except with tomatoes as transitional elements (laughs) that part is way sillier than the actual silly show like all of a sudden a giant tomato will be like it'll roll into frame and completely cover the screen and be like hey eat something and then you're in the next scene I guess it's better than when new kids just change the channel. What else is on? Yeah, yeah. Oh shit, I'm a show. Yeah. (laughs) This is preserved way better than, uh, you know, say Bobby's World. Yeah, and it could use a little glaze (laughs) to cover some of the boo boos. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's kind of indicative of its source material, the crumminess. Like it feels like, oh, yeah, the movie version was passable the joke was that it exists yeah the cartoon version has to do the same and i guess it does that you know attack of the killer tomatoes the first one was uh, first of all that was 1978 so strike by the irons hot but it's yeah i guess vhs rentals were probably huge in 1988 89 that's 12 years right so it grew into a cult thing on the video rack yeah that's what i was gonna say is attack of the killer it's like toxic avenger the similar situation where it's like how did that get a cartoon show all kids are gonna see it kind of thing it's all kids are going to see it at some point, like Faces of Death. <laughs> but, you, like, you Killer know. Tomatoes is, like, a hard G of a movie. It's people getting hit with tomatoes. Yeah. Killer Tomatoes 2, hard PG-13. There's boobers and hot shirtless buff guys. God, and it seems like I really... George Clooney's staring at people. Sounds like I need to catch the second one. No wonder I was so lost in this. Other than Spaceballs, it's the first time I remember product placement being a joke in a movie. Cause they, cause the the first movie is just so cheap. That's clearly part of the joke. But part two, they run out of money immediately, and they stop the movie. And they're like, we have to do do some product Whoa. placement in the next couple scenes. Blazing saddles, type thing. <laughs> so like cereal boxes just start floating up onto like <laughs> their table, and every time they drink something, they have to hold it correctly and go ah. Uh, and then near the end of the movie, they're like. Can we stop already? We're at the end of the movie. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, that was fine. Wow. 
Clooney's pretty funny. And he's young, too. Hmm. But he's not the one bagging the tomato chick, so it's not that hot. Sorry, he, folks. Yeah. He mentioned that movie uh, when he said uh, that some magazine interviewed him and said to people, get, or he was, they were like, do you feel bad for people considering you the worst Batman? And he was like, no, I was in Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, too. I think he'd cite baby talk or something worse. Yeah, right. He scraped the bottom of the barrel way before Tomatoes 2. <laughs> tomatoes 2 holds up pretty well. Yeah, so this is kind of unspectacular. This is uh, your typical uh, television. It just might be a little too bonkers. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't think it knows what it really wants to do either. Yeah. It's kind of all over. Like, sometimes it's funny. It's not freakazoid, and I think... We hadn't. We at this point we know that cartoons can be good because Fox Kids. These are all shows that try to think outside the box. I'd say. Yeah. That's the running theme. Is like, well, what are the other channels not doing? Mm-hmm. This thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, only the show coming up next. <laughs> oh boy! Is uh is the one now? I that's consider. what I would say is a complete failure. That's what you, that it was my number. It's my the the next show. Well, let's just talk about it. Ten o'clock. What's on? <laughs> Oh, you know, everybody knows them. They're a household name. Pigsburg Pigs. It's Pigsburg Pigs. Pig stones. Meet the pig stones. <laughs> We've got pig puns all for you. <laughs> so yeah. it's 13 episodes of the Ruby Spears uh, pig show. I'm kind of even surprised. I mean, we know Ruby Spears is uh, spotty. <laughs> this is their pig show. Uh... So, I missed this cartoon. It was canceled so quickly where I grew up that I just never saw it. So, as far as I could tell, it was some sort of Happy Days styled fifth. Like, remember Cubert, how it was inexplicably in the 50s? I thought it was a pig version of the 50s. Not really. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in Pigsburg, uh, we see this world that's a giant sty and it's filled with buildings made of straw, stick, and brick. Get it? We follow the mundane and derivative adventures of the Bacon Brothers, Bo, Portly, and Pighead, and their pig pals, Dottie, Lorelai. Those aren't pig names. No. Uh, Not me- like Pighead. Piggy, Pokey, and Prissy, of course. Uh, and their duck Quack. slash friend or <laughs> pet or implement. sentient implement. Much like Swiss Army Man. I would say Quacker... Quackers is the Swiss Army man. Yeah, yeah. I don't. He could be dead, as far as we know. Uh, all the while, they avoid the dull, typical uh, wolf characters, uh, Huff and Puff, and so all this sounds really kind of you know bland. But they also have to avoid the monsters from the Forbidden Zone. <laughs> right, right. Adam, I'm glad you said. Stay that. out of the Forbidden Zone. I was looking right here. No pig shall walk. I don't, and also, what's the point of the Forbidden Zone if every episode a thing comes out? So it sounds like the Forbidden Zone is pretty easy to get in and out of. Yeah. More like the Forbidden Zone. <laughs> yeah, the Verboten Zone. Verboten yeah. Zone. Don't go there. You really shouldn't go I there. Fine. I advise against it. <laughs> yeah. you know, um, I don't know. Man, this was rank. <laughs> It is rank. It's a it's a vehicle for pig puns over and over and over. Yeah, but I think this is a fundamental flop. Yeah, uh, I think it this has is... it has a saving grace, and I think let's go through it real quick to come to a conclusion. Um, so I watched the episode. We watched one yeah, together. We watched it together, actually, yeah. uh, and it wasn't good. Uh, <laughs> it was on YouTube. You can find it. 
I was shocked somebody taped Pigsburg Pigs. Yeah. Um, I watched another one called Carnival of Evil, where this time, out of the Forbidden Zone, uh, this evil human carnival shows up. Which, to the Pigsburg Pigs, are are humans a monster? Or do they have to be... This like this human is revealed to be some sort of like vampire hip, hypnotist thing. Uh, they're monster creatures. Uh, and they immediately pignap the mayor. Meanwhile, at Pigsty High, everyone's going to fail journalism class if they don't turn in a hot story. I don't think that's how journalism class works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stupid pigs. Uh... Meanwhile, on the Spuke House ride, the pigs discover the evil human monsters are hypnotizing pigs uh, into monsters for the rides. It's not really clear on what they're doing to people, but they become they they end up their shorthand is they're becoming rides. Okay, it's like your dream. He's Adam. becoming the ET ride. <laughs> He's becoming Wild Wild West stunt show. That doesn't even make sense. Uh, That's not even pig theme. It sounds like a good idea though for a movie. <laughs> this is a lot. Pigsburg Pigs is asking a lot for me to take. Okay, so the head evil hypnotist reveals he cannot see a mirror for he'll turn himself carny. Uh. So, you know, that's the plan. So the two dumb wolves bumblefuck into the scenario, too. uh, And one of them gets turned into a merry-go-round horsey. So this is sort of like Pinocchio, I guess. They're ripping off Pinocchio. Um, They stick a photo on the hypnotist. Uh, No, they stick a photo of the hypnotist onto one of the dumb pigs faces which is just as good and it turns him into a dumb ride cart hmm. pigsburg pigs yeah uh <laughs> this is really uninspired yeah, you know pig, you know what this feels like Adam? The street. this feels like we have five shows we need a sixth something think of something <laughs> doesn't it uh I so love- the pig world would you say that's an imaginative pig world, or is that pretty, pretty rote? Oh, it's it's rote. It's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's there's Ameri- nothing interesting going on. They were like, uh, it's American graffiti. Yeah, the pigs are in American graffiti, <laughs> right? You know, they're like, nah, I can't Close. go. With- I thought felt like this was ripping off Flintstones pretty much because the two main pigs sound like Barney, or they sound like Ralph Cramden and Art Carney. So you're like, oh, the Flintstones. <laughs> so I didn't care for that. They sound like whiny versions of Flintstones. You could have easily made this teenage Flintstones, mm-hmm. just with the other with the adults. If um, they only could have, they would have. But this was kind of this would make a really good menu yeah. <laughs> at a restaurant because the I think the the uh, key model design was really tight. I thought these pit, I thought the characters looked good until they did stuff and talked and moved. Yeah, but they would look. Yeah. They look. They would make great just figures. Concept design better than Zazu U, for instance. Oh sure. But I thought the designs were cool, even though I hated all of the characters. And the key model designer was Butch Hartman of Fairly Odd Parents. Oh so maybe no! That's shit. Why Are you serious? Something worked on this show. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, that's the only. Yeah, that's the only thing that does work. I like their pig ears. This is the most baseline. <laughs> I don't uh, know. This is as low as the art gets. <laughs> really? In, uh, Fox Kids 1990. Oh. Don't you think? I mean, what's worse? 
Attack of the Killer mm-hmm. Tomatoes looks better. Zazu Yu looks slightly better. Tom and Jerry Kid slightly better. Well, Zazu Yu tells you it's going abstract and then does nothing. Whereas Pigsburg Pigs at least is like, that's a good looking stupid pig world. Yeah, but like you said, as soon as it starts moving, it all falls apart. <laughs> well, you apart. don't want to listen to it or watch it. You just want it to be in still form or toys. <laughs> You're saying they have a dense, <laughs> they have a dense universe. That's good. Uh, starring uh, Lynn Carlson, Keith Knight, Jonathan Potts, Norm Spencer, John Stalker, Tara Strong. Uh, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I think Adam the uh, the main thing. I blame the material. The main thing that stick that makes this stick out is the fact that they use their duck friend as a tool. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm glad the center to, journey to the center of the earth crew didn't like throw the duck at the pirates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they're pretty brutal to this duck. They throw him at the bad guy more than once. I think like a spear. And they just, it, like, then he has to be like, <laughs> and then run off on his own independently. It's kind of fucked. Is it part of what made you uh, liken this to the Flintstones too? I mean, they're using animals as tools. You know, like. Sort of, yeah. There was a bit of that. It just—it felt like Flintstone kids, only they're like slightly older and they're pigs. Yeah. And the animation was similar to Flintstone kids. Not near, yeah. Not which was like, good. that's fine. I don't. The, the sky should be yellow. Uh, I w- fine. I would recommend any show in this lineup above the Pigsburg Pigs. Yeah, I guess Zazu you leaves me more to talk about. God. Whereas Pigsburg Pigs was like, well, that was a pig show. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yes. Get them pigs! I don't know. I don't know what I expected. It's it's Ruby Spears gearing up to do a lot more uh, questionable things. Yeah. I I, I would not recommend this, really. I can see why this didn't take off, too, because it's not very good. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason. If you like pig... (laughs) If you like pig universe building... Let's say... (laughs) Yeah, that part was almost interesting until you realized they weren't really gonna do anything tell me more about the forbidden zone i guess it's a little like pack the pack land thing too where it's like oh there's a theme mm-hmm. good for you <laughs> pigs uh, burton the theme wasn't good either it, it was no john tash number <laughs> so no fun uh unlike at ten thirty. When fun house is on. It's an entire house full of fun. Oh my god, I'm choking. I'm so happy. <laughs> I remembered this, actually, Adam. Yeah, did you watch Fun House growing up? Yeah, yeah, no, I caught it. I definitely caught it. Now, did you catch it on Fox, or did you catch it in on the channels that would one day be like the WB? Or, uh, what was the other one? UPN. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, god, I don't even know. I don't, it totally rang a bell. Because I remember... Uh, we didn't have cable when I was like in elementary school, so it was the old rabbit ears. And I remember mm-hmm. trying to watch Funhouse on these weird channel UHF station channels. And that's what this show is ostensibly is a UHF version of Double Dare. Yeah, uh, cheap yeah. version of Double Dare. It's exactly what it is. Um, but it knows it, I think, and it really is it. I think it gets to the like, it goes to full use of its premise. Do you think is this based on the Canadian version? Oh, I didn't know there was a Canadian. Or, uh, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a foreign. There's uh, a bunch of foreign versions of Funhouse too. Yeah, I think this is the first one. There's, this is its third season and final, but it uh, it ended up doing like 375 episodes. Whoa! No wonder I've seen it. Hosted by J.D. Roth, two cheerleaders, 
And Tiny the announcer. Yeah. What a weird crew. J.D. Roth has got a big mullet again. How do you feel about J.D. Roth? Man, he's... uh, He's like a he's like a family friendly uh, Seth Green kind of. He kind of reminded me of Parker Lewis's cool friend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know what? His real name is James David Weinroth. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Why'd you drop the wine? He didn't. Uh, so he he was nineteen when he started hosting Funhouse, wow. the youngest game show host ever. Are you serious? Oh man. And, you know, he's so young, but he's wearing nothing but Cosby sweaters. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> and a real weight problem he's trying to hide. He's an old soul. <laughs> he's at the food house too often. Huh. I, I gotta imagine he, you know, hung out with the cheerleaders. Uh, yeah, what's up with... The, oh, yeah, there's two, <laughs> I guess they were like, you know what Double Dare needs that we're gonna have? Two hot broads. Cheerleaders. We're gonna get chocolate syrup all over them. Yeah, but... You know, I saw one where it just opens with the two ladies tied up and they're just flinging pudding on them. I was like, I, <laughs> "Are you serious?" I don't know if we're supposed to see this part of the I show. Think, I think the cheerleaders help the help the funhouse kids too much, but that's <laughs> that's for another show. So um, it's like Double Dare, but different. Uh, it's around a Dewey track, so there's like a big there's this little dinky track. It's in front of the fun house. Yeah. Uh, and it's red and yellow teams who they do the questions, and then instead of physical challenges, they do stunts are totally different uh, these involve sponges and slime and pudding uh, and whipped cream they don't involve slime because that's another is show. that a registered trademark they involve schmutz okay schmutz oi with the pudding and the sponges and the whipped cream oh yeah jackie mason oh nothing but schmutz so in the and you get tokens so i guess it's a little uh, like Legends of the Hidden Temple, which yeah. is funny because it's the same production company, Stone mm-hmm. Television, which became Stone Stanley Television. This looks lower budget than that, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, man, you know, um, so, by the way, we watched a foreign version. and uh, Which one? We noticed, uh, I don't, I think it was uh, Britain. Oh, uh, yeah, the UK Funhouse. Yeah, yeah. They didn't have the cheerleaders. <laughs> No. They had two very well-dressed women. Yeah, they're, or they were dressed like scientists or something. I, I don't know. That's <laughs> like the, interesting switch. In that, yeah, look at America. This is what we do. So, And there was also a show called College Funhouse, but it was hosted Whoa. with Greg Kinnear. What? Oh, man, what? I want to see <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, so at the end of the show, Winter goes into the Funhouse, which is this big, uh, sprawling kind of... It's not really a fun house because it's cut in half. It looks like Finders Keepers. This kind of <laughs> tic-tac-toe-shaped wall with like ladders and slides and stuff. Um, there's a bathroom, an upside-down room. There's a moat. There's a there's windows you go through. There's a kitchen with someone in the fridge usually that sprays you with gunk. Uh, there's, there's a closet. <laughs> there's a giant mouth that you crawl through, not unlike another show. But it's got like big meatballs yeah, and stuff uh, in yeah, it. Yeah. And it goes up and down, chewing you. God, there's a swamp. And then, uh, so there's a whole bunch of shit. And you're supposed to grab these like tags. And you can win from 50 to $250. Or just prizes, which were the dumb prizes of the time. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to be on Funhouse so bad. <laughs> Did you? Mm-hmm. And those kids, they, they spend, they, they use their time so well on Funhouse. They know when like they've been in there for a minute and they need to go back and tag their other teammate. Yeah. How do they know? I was saying when we were watching it, I, there's, I wish there was more, um, like, um, 
shopping spree type things these days. Grab we, them all. Yeah, we just don't have that. <laughs> Every kid wanted that. It's an orgy. Uh, Opulence. Yeah, you know, I was grossed out because uh, we watched one where they had to lace a giant shoe, but they doused the... Uh, they doused the laces in chocolate pudding first. Oh, no, I oh. hate when that happens. What the hell? You hate it when you step in a big dog turd and you're like, oh, but my <laughs> shoe's untied too. And well, then, better drag it through every hole. So these, <laughs> these, these kids are doing it. It's disgusting. And the cheerleaders are over there like, honey, just put it in the... Just right, the, no, over yeah. The this is some loose rules, and there's no <laughs> timer. They're like, whoever gets it the most done by the time we've filled enough time. Mark Summers would have never allowed this. Mark Summers would have been like, oh, you're doing it wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah, he wouldn't have gotten near the shoe. Oh, yeah. JD keeps it kind of low key. He's not Mark Summers. No. Yeah. Shout out to them for me remembering it at all. <laughs> though, you know. <laughs> oh, you know what? Who was a contestant on the show? Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, Gotta find that episode. That's awesome. <laughs> hmm. Well, I've learned a lot. Do you remember the 80s Toby Hooper movie, Funhouse? No. Where these teenagers are sneaking around the Funhouse after dark, and they spy through a spy hole that the local freak is trying to get off with the uh, fortune teller, and he gives her, gives her a bunch of money and ejaculates immediately and <laughs> they see it and then he ends up killing her and then the owner comes in and chastises the freak who's wearing like a Frankenstein mask because he's so ugly uh, and then one of the kids drops their lighter and they're like somebody's here so it's them chasing them through the fun house at night uh, trying to kill him and the, <laughs> it's notable for a horrifying scene where the freak man uh, corners one of the hot chicks and she's by like this big fan so she can't go anywhere and she's like uh i can make you feel good <laughs> that's awkward i'm like oh no <laughs> anyway it doesn't go well and her head goes right into the fan uh what year was it does not feel good it's our uh 80s early 80s Back, no. it might be 1980 but I would always catch it on Fox at the movies. I was like, Funhouse is on again? Oh, man. That poor thing. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go look Anyway, this this game show was nothing like that. <laughs> you know that? It wasn't this. Uh, one more fun fact about J.D. Roth. He produced The Biggest Loser in 2004. No shit. So he's rich. Wow, are you serious? Uh, he also played Johnny Quest on The Real Adventures of Johnny Quest in 1996. So, that's a, nice. Voice, uh, voice? Mm hmm. 96, huh? Wow, nice he's, so he's doing well. Yeah. Really well. Who knew? Who knew? Way to go, James Weinroth. <laughs> <laughs> and all the cheerleaders have passed. 448. <laughs> Damn, get that money, JD. <laughs> Funhouse Lane. Man. That's right. Found the street called Funhouse. Moved to it. Uh-uh. <laughs> Good grief. He knows where he knows what side his bread was buttered on. <laughs> and then I think the rest of the, the Fox lineup was like wrestling, right? There was nothing listed after it when yeah. I saw it, so it must have been a local program. Yeah, so, man, what a morning. It sure, uh, sure was... 
uh, filled with that fox attitude. <laughs> yeah, it really was. I mean, or at least it's the foundation for the fox attitude we're going to see. Uh, oh boy, I'm exhausted. <laughs> what a lot of shows. All right, gang. Well, that was 1990 Fox. So we'll be back with one more of these uh, to round out the round year, as everyone calls it. Uh, this is Adam Fair. You can find me at YouTube at Adam Fairland. Yeah, and I'm Dusty Griffin. You can find me at Dusty is Certifiable on the gram. And uh, also check out our show, our videos, and we also post content to go along with these episodes on every, every Saturday, Saturday morning. morning dot fun. fun because it's fun. It's a great and, place to cross reference yeah, our episode yeah. with the preview special of that year, or perhaps the comic book ad that goes along with it. I love them. That's multimedia <laughs> artistry going on here. Whatever we can find, folks, we put it on there for you. There's sometimes there's video content, you know. It's a great database, and hey, our podcasts are all over it too. What right. a quinker dink! Mm-hmm. Uh, so. That's it for now, but we'll see you next time and enjoy that fox attitude. (laughs) (laughs) Cowabunga. You've got a new attitude. Sazu, you. Hey.